One of my secrets to adulthood is that great luggage makes a huge difference to your travel experience, which is why I am obsessed with Briggs & Riley. It's extremely durable, has amazing features that make packing and getting around easier, and they have the best lifetime guarantee in the industry. So if your bag is ever broken or damaged, they will repair it free of charge, no proof of purchase needed, no questions asked, even if an airline damages your bag. Yes, and I love that they have supremely smooth, shock-absorbing wheels for easy gliding through your travels. Hot off the press, the Simpatico collection of hard-sided luggage is new and improved and just launched on Briggs-Riley.com. It has the new one-touch feature, which allows you to expand your luggage, pack it, then compress it to its original size so a carry-on can still fit in the overhead compartment, and that's just one of the new features. Available in black, navy blue, and olive green. I'm sitting at my kitchen table and I still feel like I'm like rocking on a boat at sea. That is so weird. I don't feel that at all. I feel like completely normal. I'm so tired. Yes. I'm like, do I take Dramamine for sitting motion sickness? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I'll try. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in Ojai, right outside LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. I'm also your cruise buddy, Sarah, now that That's we went right. on our cruise. <laughs> On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career in friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to break down the difference between mysteries and thrillers, thanks to a very insightful letter from a listener. Then we'll go behind the scenes of episodes two and three of season two of Fantasy Island. Finally, this week's Hollywood hack will make your vacation a little extra special. But first, Sarah, we have an update. You know, we wouldn't be us if we didn't remind everyone to watch season two of Fantasy Island Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox next day on Hulu. It's a great season. We really just want everyone to see it. Please watch. Please record. Please tell your friends. And then put it on after you've watched when you leave the house (laughs) to go to the grocery store. Exactly. (laughs) And then we have a listener shout out. This is a new thing that hopefully we'll be doing from time to time. I want to give a shout out to our listener, Pam. I've been talking about my new puzzle obsession and Pam emailed to let us know about the Hofnagel Wooden Jigsaw Puzzle Club. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but we'll put a link to it in our show notes. So she wrote, they have a beautiful and extensive collection of wooden puzzles that you borrow and return. Check out their website for how this all works, which I did. No time limits on how long you keep a puzzle. And she says, once you do a wooden puzzle, there's no returning to cardboard puzzles. There's a subscription fee and mailing fees, but if you're an avid puzzler, the cost is well worth it. So I'm fascinated by this. I think I'm going to give it a try. Yeah. So thank you, Pam. Thanks, Pam. (laughs) Okay, it is time for our From the Treadmill Desks of segment in which we talk about what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's thrillers. 
The novels, the novel sort of thrillers, not the movies. (laughs) Yeah. So we've mentioned that we're working on outlining a thriller. We're almost to the outlining stage, I would say, of a book. So we have been reading, oh my gosh, and listening to so many, especially women-centered thrillers, many of them, if not all of them, in my case, recommended by our listeners. And they're so good. So thank you for that. And then our listener, Darren, went the extra mile and sent us this amazing breakdown of thrillers versus mysteries. So we wanted to share it with all of you. Yes, because we enjoy mysteries, but that's not what we are aiming to write. We are aiming to write a thriller. And what I would call a like a lighter thriller. Like, yes, it's not a full thriller. It's like, Character-based with thriller elements. Exactly. Is how I think. Yes. Which seems to be what all of these books we're reading exactly. are and what is, what is popular right now. So that's yes. nice. Yes. So Darren wrote, I was listening to you talk about mysteries and thrillers, and I thought, oh, they're calling me. I don't <laughs> consider myself an expert on much, but the topic of mystery thriller genre and subgenres are my complete geek out specialty. I have wanted to be a mystery writer since reading my first Nancy Drew in second grade, and I doggedly pursue that dream. The key difference between a mystery and a thriller is this. What emotional state keeps the reader moving through the story? With mysteries, it's curiosity. With thrillers, it's anxiety. So that right there, Sarah, I thought was such an amazing insight. Absolutely. No, and now it's just so clear. Like the clarity of that, I feel like will help us as we move forward on this road. Because tone is so much of what we do in any writing. And that to me really goes to the tone. So she says, in a mystery, the reader keeps reading because they are curious. How did this happen? Think puzzle. The inciting incident is usually the discovery of a dead body. The actual murder often happens off screen and in the past. The story then drives forward as the sleuth finds clues in the present in order to to deduce what happened in the past. A mystery is driven by character. The reader needs to love the sleuth and care about the crime that happened. If they stop caring about either, they lose curiosity and stop reading. Then she says, this last explains why so often a secondary character the reader is fond of is killed off mid-second act to spike curiosity again. I found that totally fascinating. And then I was thinking about all the mysteries that I've read and that I love watching on TV. I'm a big fan of the BBC mystery. Yes, you are. (laughs) And this just seemed so dead on. And it's so true, that second character getting killed off. It's like, you never know who it's going to be, but, yes. but it always happens. But yes, as writers, there's sometimes there's a character who's really likable and we'll go, oh, well, that person's clearly dead. Yep, exactly. Okay, so think puzzle. Uh, that's going to be yeah. my like main takeaway from mystery. Think puzzle and sleuth, because also in ours, we're not really going to have a sleuth in that way, because we're doing a thriller. And this is how um, Darren broke down thriller. She said, in a thriller, a reader is driven by anxiety. What's going to happen next? Think ticking clock. The inciting incident is often written off as nothing by the protagonist, but the reader sees the red flag right away. A thriller is driven by external events that impact the protagonist. While the sleuth in a mystery is active, the protagonist in a domestic thriller might be more acted upon, at least for the first part of the story. All the action happens in the present moment. 
There's often a past trauma for the protagonist that dovetails with the action, and this might be revealed in the denouement. These days, the thriller needs a twist at the end. Unreliable narrator becomes reliable, for example, or vice versa is often part of the twist. Yes, and we have found that there's often a big twist. Yes, and usually they're very cool. Yes, and then she's no pressure. <laughs> and then she says most modern crime novels are a mix of both thriller and mystery. For the last 10 plus years, with the advent of Gone Girl, the unreliable narrator domestic thriller has been all the rage. My thinking now is that the classic whodunit hurt my obsession is making a comeback. Think Knives Out, Glass Onion, Richard Osman, and Anthony Horowitz's mystery series. She says, my opinion is that readers are done with anxiety. Who wants to be grabbed by the throat after all we've just been through? And I'm anticipating the trend to swing more to the gentler mystery side of things for a while. So, I mean, really interesting, Sarah, gives us a lot to think about um, and to analyze as we're outlining. Yes. And just some of these notions, I think, are so important. I keep thinking also about the unreliable narrator domestic thriller. Yes. That's somewhat the category I would say ours fits in. It's not really domestic, I think, in the same way as a lot of books like Gone Girl and right. Girl on the Train, for example. But it really does help to clarify these things and start categorizing what we're doing and knowing what elements we want to make sure we have in this book. Yes, because with all writing, the more you understand what you're doing, well, this is true of any art, the more you can then break out of it when you choose to. But if you don't understand what you're doing, like you need that satisfying structure in order to then do the unexpected. Yes, it's the difference between Jackson Pollock flinging paint at a canvas and having it mean something because he knows what he's doing and breaking all of these artistic tenets and doing something new. And like, you know, me (laughs) flinging paint at a canvas, which would not be nearly so meaningful. Yeah, and then Sarah, we also want to mention that Darren has a mystery novel coming out this summer. So Darren, let us know when we should pre-order. We will definitely be getting that. Absolutely. Okay, next up, we're going to go behind the scenes of Fantasy Island episodes two and three. There will be quicksand, but first this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, Liz, it's time for Behind the Scenes in which we talk about the behind the scenes of season two of Fantasy Island. And today we're talking about episodes two and three. That's Hurricane Helene Bachelor Party and Pamer versus Pamer. Yes, So just quickly, we'll go through some of the credits. You and I wrote Hurricane Helene. It was directed by Adam Kane, who also directed the pilot and the second episode of season one. And it guest stars Alexa Mansour as Helene, who was on The Walking Dead, for anyone who's interested in that. She's fantastic. Also starring Frankie J. Alvarez, Izzy Diaz, and Jay Rodriguez, who you might know from Queer Eye for The Straight Guy. Yes. And they were such a great group yes. to work with. Like, yes. they were just, like, the sweetest group of guys and hilarious. Yes. And then Pamer versus Pamer was written by the legendary Jane Espenson, who's done a bunch Woo-hoo. of episodes of Fantasy Island and directed by friend of the pod, Rachel Ramist. And guest stars the amazing Terry Hatcher and James Detton from Desperate Housewives, as well, Sarah, as Andy Richter, who was on the Conan O'Brien show for 30 years or however yes. long. Yes, yes. Yes, and it was really written with Terry Hatcher and James Denton in mind yes. and really for them in a, in a specific way. But with Andy Richter, we were like, who are we going to get to play this game show host? It's so important. We need somebody really cool. But we really didn't think we would get Andy Richter, yeah. who was awesome and so funny. Yes. And it was so exciting in yes. those scenes to be like, that's Andy Richter being the game show host. Yeah, it was so much fun. Okay, so we got a bunch of questions about these episodes. So we're going to just go through some of them. Stephanie said, I love the quicksand part of the game show. How did that effect work? And for anyone who hasn't seen it, Terry Hatcher and James Denton are in this very surreal game show in the middle of the jungle, which is about their marriage. And anytime they have a wrong answer, they sink into quicksand. And we got a lot of questions about the game show in general, um, including from my sister and co-host of Happier, Gretchen. Yes, She said, in TV shows, I love it when game show elements somehow appear in a story, like in Friends, when they hold a game show type test to see how well they know each other and the winning team gets Monica and Rachel's apartment. <laughs> so I loved it when the Pamer couple had to play the spin the wheel game in episode three. I would love the backstory on how that idea came up, how the physical wheel was made how the questions were created, the idea for having quicksand, etc. The game was so fun and also such a quick, elegant way to force them to see that they didn't know the answers they thought they knew. Yes. So I'll start with the quicksand because that was something that we had thought about doing season one and couldn't quite figure out the mechanics. And then season two, They were just like, all right, we're doing this. We're going to figure this out. And it was complicated. And I want to say Rachel Ramist, who directed the episode, put up a behind the scenes on our Facebook group and I think also on her Instagram. So look that up for sure so you could really see what the process was because it's super cool. And then the game show, that's Jane Espenson. I mean, she's just so fantastic. She thought of this idea 
and made it just both hilarious and really meaningful in terms of their marriage. Yes, and Jane came up with all these great categories for the kinds of questions. So if you look at Rachel's videos, pay attention to the wheel um, in the categories. And the wheel was made sort of overseen by our amazing production designer, Mina, and constructed in the where they can construct anything on a television show. So they constructed the wheel. They were very excited about it. But yeah, I mean, Sarah, often, you know, the game show came up because, you know, often we find we need sort of a magical element. We'll be at a certain place in the story and we'll feel like, okay, now we need like Fantasy Island needs to kick in and like basically kick the guests in the butt. You know what I mean? Yes. And so then in a way that only Fantasy Island can. Yes, in a way <laughs> that on any other place on any other vacation would not happen and that is where the game show then fit in. And I agree that it was a really quick elegant way like Gretchen said to make us see how these two people had been miscommunicating for probably, you know, a good couple of decades at that point and how yes. um, we all interpret things people say in ways that probably we shouldn't. So, right. But it was a very Jane type of sequence. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then Abby wrote, I'm wondering if the other guests on the island not featured in a story are also in their own fantasy island journey we just don't know about, or are they only there to help the featured guests we see getting off the plane in their fantasy quests? So the answer is yes. Every guest that you see on fantasy island, whether it's just someone, you know, eating breakfast in the background, (laughs) is experiencing their own fantasy We just don't feature them. Right. And I think that's why we try not to overpopulate the background of things is Fantasy Island doesn't have a ton of guests at any given time because you can only work this kind of magic on (laughs) on a limited number of people. So we want it to be clear that it's not just a normal resort that people are going to and just people are, you know, going scuba diving and snorkeling, unless that's part of their fantasy. Yes. I think some fantasies are simpler than others. Yes. And those are the ones we don't see. Yeah. (laughs) Jennifer said, it seems like you are having a lot of fun this season and pushing the envelope a lot more. The paper episode was the first one that called back to the kookiness of the original. Is it just my perception or did you have a little more freedom to play this season? Well, Sarah, to me, this goes to sort of what we were saying with knowing the structure of anything and then being able to to break out. I think yeah. we just, because we really get what we're doing now, because, you know, every mm-hmm. show just kind of has to find itself. And I think season one, we really found what the show was over the course of the season. Now we are just able to be even more creative because we're very comfortable with sort of the core of what the show is. Yes. And I also think that, like we talked about with the quicksand, season one, it was like, we can't figure this out. Season two, the crew was really like, they also had, I think, a level of understanding of what the show is as they gained that, as we gained that. And there was a much more like, okay, we're going to like figure this out. We're going to get this done. Yes, definitely a sense of 
just go for it that was really fun for us because it really opened up the kind of things that we can do. So it was, it's a t- as with everything in television, it's a team effort. Yes. And it really, really was. And then this is funny. Jennifer said, also, is Isla a mermaid? So, Sarah, Ooh. we got a lot of questions about Isla, who's played by Maria Gabriela Gonzalez. Um, Nadine said, I'm so curious about Isla. Does her name indicate that she's part of the magic of the island? And then she said, why didn't Ruby look for her right away? I mean, I think Ruby didn't look for her right away because in season one, she was just processing so much. Yes. And was just trying to figure out the island. And they definitely had a connection when they first met. But I don't think she had the confidence season one to seek Isla out. And I don't think she really knew it was an option. But we all really loved that character. So we wanted to find a really fun, cool way to bring her back, which I think we succeeded at. Yes. So Isla, I mean, yes, she is named Isla because she is part of the magic of the island that was Mm -hmm. deliberate. Um, As for whether or not she's a mermaid, I would have to say, like, you have to watch the rest of the season to find out more about who Isla is and what she's about and her history. Yes, and her connection to the island. But I'm so glad she's resonating with everybody. I know, because we really think that Maria Gabriela Gonzalez is a fantastic actor. She's so charismatic. Yes. She really does jump off the screen, which is wonderful to find. And then... Nadine also wrote, do some of the ideas for how the fantasies work out come from therapy sessions? Every episode, I hear a few lines that could totally be straight from a therapist. (laughs) I love this. I mean, it's true that writers in general, we all go to a lot of therapy. We're big therapy fans. (laughs) So I think absolutely a lot of therapy sessions. I don't know if the ideas for fantasies come directly from therapy, but there's a lot of discussion about therapy and about things therapists say in the writer's room. And Stacy added to Nadine's question, wondering if happiness concepts influence how we think about the fantasy, meaning concepts from this podcast and Happier with Gretchen Rubin. And I think, again, for sure, things like don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good or treating a gift like a burden or the opposite of a truth is also true. I mean, many things that we discuss in general find their way into the show. Absolutely. And being in the writer's room for a show like this is often like a therapy session. It is. (laughs) Yes, it absolutely is like being in a therapy session. I mean, most writer's rooms are. Absolutely. Maybe that's one of the things we like so much about being in writer's rooms. (laughs) Oh, yes. We can break down. I mean, we have a writer who um, has an ex-wife. I mean, we will break down that ex-wife all afternoon if uh, given the chance. <laughs> That's right. And then Heather had a funny question. She said, I've noticed a lot of wind this season. How do you deal with weather issues? Well, this is one of the things about shooting in Puerto Rico where the weather can be so varied. It can be incredibly hot and sunny or it can be hot and super windy or it can be rainy and hot or it can be windy and rainy. It's like, you name it, they've got it. And since we do really shoot on location primarily, the weather does become part of the show. Obviously, there's nothing we can do about the weather except wait it out. The good thing is rain tends to come and go quite quickly. For the most part, it's not going to rain all 
day for a day. So we just, the rain starts, everybody rushes to cover up equipment to get the actors somewhere where their hair and makeup and clothes won't be ruined. And everyone waits and then the rain clears and then they run around drying everything off and uncovering everything. <laughs> and then the everything starts up again. And the wind, I mean, the wind... We laugh because sometimes a guest director will come in and say, well, I'm going to need a wind machine. And everyone <laughs> just cracks up because, you know, we're like, yeah, likely you won't need the wind machine. Yeah. We got enough wind. We got wind for days here on the yes. beach in Puerto Rico. A lot of times in scenes, their hair is just blowing. I mean, there's just absolutely nothing we can do about it. The show must go on. So thank you, everyone, for these great questions. Now send us your questions about the next couple of episodes. We will do another one of these segments. We love answering all the behind-the-scenes questions and revisiting the episodes. Next up, we have a Hollywood hack that's all about making your vacations stand out in a little extra special way. We did this on our cruise that we just took. So that's up next. Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack, which is have a vacation theme drink. So we came up with this on our, what we're calling our 20th anniversary cruise, even though yes. it was also a work cruise. You had been talking about espresso martinis. Yes. And we just decided that was going to be our drink of the trip. And it really, like, I will always now, when I think about that trip, think about espresso martinis and vice versa. Yes. Anytime you order an espresso martini, you're going to be like, oh, I'm back on the Regal Princess yes. having a martini in the spirit lounge. <laughs> And it can be anything. It could be a pina colada. It could be a Manhattan if you're in Manhattan. It could be, you know, a Long Island iced tea, whatever drink. It's just kind of fun to choose something and then have it a few times while you're there so that it really um, gets connected with the trip. Yes, and have it be something like I had never had one of those before. So have yes. it be something you haven't had before or something that you have really wanted to try. And what I love about this hack is that it doesn't have to be an alcoholic drink. I mean, it no. could be it could be a banana smoothie. It could yes. be a virgin daiquiri. It could yes. be, you know, yes, root a local beer. fruit punch. Yes. Oh, we loved the local fruit punch yeah. in Jamaica. Yes, yeah, so it could be anything. It, it doesn't have to be an alcoholic drink. Yes. So yes. people of all ages can do this. People who don't drink alcohol can do this because yeah. I'm not someone who drinks a lot. So we yeah. there weren't a lot of espresso martinis, but it, there were just enough to really mark it as special. Yes. We really got a lot of pleasure out of our espresso martini. The, and yes. like all things, Sarah, the minute we decided, oh, this is going to be our theme drink for the trip, we loved it even more. Yes. Like, we love naming things and categorizing them and having like, oh, now this drink has special meaning. And then we even relished it more. Yes. Every time we ordered one, it made the the event, whether it was just sitting in a bar or about to go into a show, more special. Like it yes. just adds a little zing. Yes, indeed. <laughs> And finally, Sarah, this week's recommendation. Every week we're going to recommend something that we love, whether it be podcast, book, TV, movie. I am recommending the show Loot, L-O-O-T. It stars Maya Rudolph, who's fantastic in everything she does. 
and it is on Apple TV Plus, and it is a comedy, um, but it has a ton of heart, and it's not a lot of episodes. You can watch it over a weekend, and just trust me, it's a lot of fun to watch. All right, that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please follow us if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13, and as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing with Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram, at Fain, and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fay, and thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Come show that to Liz. It was in the TV room on the floor. What? Yeah. Giant ass frog. We were walking and I thought Violet dropped something and I'm like, what the hell? That was in the house? Anyway. Don't put oh it in my head. Oh my god. Wait, his name's Jungle. Oh, oh of course she's keeping Of course he's Man, now. He's That's it. I'm quitting. <laughs> oh my god. That was a huge <laughs> frog. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, oh. Sorry, sorry for that. I heard screaming at the other end of the house. I was like, what is going on? Oh, my God. Anyway. So you just added your pet collection. I think so. Oh, my Lord. Now we're going to have to figure out how to take care of a giant frog. Okay. From the Onward Project.